It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a, a report from Benzinga, a little article here about a bill that's been introduced to Congress to decriminalize all drugs, and almost 60% of Americans agree with it. To dive into this article, Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Katrina, thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. Uh, these people just listening to our podcast, left and right, uh, they're going to vote to decriminalize everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to get credit for it, though. But this is an interesting bill. So uh, if you don't know already, Portugal uh, decriminalized all drugs over 10 years ago. And a, a huge amount of the population was worried in Europe that it was going to be a haven for heroin addicts and that people were going to be doing smack in the streets and that it was going to be crazy. But really what you see is that... Um, They've taken a more holistic approach and used not police, but uh, more civil servants to go out, medical, you know, mental health experts, medical experts to go out, grab these folks and get them into rehab facilities. So the people that I know that are from uh, Amsterdam, for example, they don't even smoke cannabis. They've just grown up with it. It's nothing new and it's not niche or, or exotic or anything. Uh, it's just everyday normal life and they don't really care to partake in it. So um, I, I'm, I don't agree that people should be put in jail for nonviolent offenses. I don't think prison or jail time is for anybody who is a, even a dealer. Um, but what's your take on it, Katrina? I think that you need to separate what we would consider drug addicts from drug dealers. And uh, drug addicts should not be in jail. They have a they have an illness, um, and I think the prison population would plummet if we took addicts out of jail. Uh, drug dealers we would need to put into two categories: uh, the dealers that you know have five pills in their pocket or 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 five joints in their pocket trying to fund their habit, versus organized crime. Uh, flooding an area with with um, tons or pounds of, of product. Uh, we we have a big fentanyl problem in this country, uh, and and drug dealers like that uh, ha should should be punished, uh, but um, control the supply, right? But I do agree that no one should ever go to jail for possessing a joint. Uh, that's just ridiculous. And unfortunately, Josh, here in America, people go to jail for a joint, for a half-smoked joint in the ashtray in the car. It's just ridiculous. And whether you agree with drug use or not, what about the financial implications? Uh, the United States spends so much of your tax dollars throwing somebody in jail for having a half-smoked joint in the ashtray of their car. It is ridiculous. And then when they finally get out of jail, they can't get a job because they were in jail. Uh, and you just replicate the system. It does not work. Uh, this article talks about the war on drugs 
And I think one of the reasons that so many people agree with decriminalization is the war on drugs that we've all grown up with in America since the 80s, uh, just it failed. The, the war on drugs failed. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it failed, but it, it also worked. So we have several publicly traded prisons, that is prison systems that have stock and you can buy into those. And a lot of the contracts that they get means that the beds have to be 100% occupied. Otherwise, the community in which they sit in has to pay for those empty beds. So there's an incentivized plan to keep people that are unnecessarily you know, free or otherwise to have to um, put innocent people in prison. So you know, there's a, a situation in New York where there was 20,000 kilos of cocaine uh, that came in on a ship, and yet they're only going to do seven years. Some of those people are going to do five years for importing 20,000 kilos. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure that that's uh, fair when there's, you know, people uh, of color that are doing 20 years for, for a joint somewhere. Um, but there's a poll out and I find it interesting that that the majority of Americans are kind of seeing this where um, they don't really agree with it either. So 71% uh, of Americans uh, agreed or, or felt like the um, the current system is not working. Um, 71% of those interviewed said that the federal drug policies are not working and we need to reform them. Agree. Yeah, 59% said that uh, they either fully or somewhat support the idea of decriminalizing small possession, and 55% went above that and said that even they support uh, distribution of drugs in small quantities, which I think is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, maybe um, maybe not putting people in prison whatsoever. I don't think felonies have worked. I don't think prison is uh, the solution. I don't think jail time has worked. Um, yeah, obviously something needs to change. And with the legalization of cannabis in the United States, we have seen that society did not collapse. Infants did not die. Uh, you know, this is just, um, it, it, it's ridiculous. And, and the time has come. Uh, and we've seen municipalities uh, decriminalize uh, things like mushrooms. Uh, we've seen them decriminalize heroin in order to get to the root of the problem, which is this is an addiction. And uh, they're doing much better than overcrowded prisons because you had, you had a dime bag on you when you got pulled over. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so of this survey, 67% that were interviewed believe that the drug war policy has never been and still don't make communities safe and fail to address drug addiction or crime. So that kind of goes back to, you know, the whole mental health and making sure that these people that are either stressed out or have mental health issues, um, you know, aren't just going to, to drugs, um, you know, on the streets or, or whatever else. So I think that that's something that needs to, to shift instead of enforcing this uh, penalty to look at the mental health aspect of it. And so there's this second survey that came out from the American Civil Liberties Union uh, for the Drug Policy Alliance, and they revealed similar results 
uh, from a small data set of, of 800 registered voters surveyed and found that 83% believe the war on drugs has failed and 65% supported ending the policies associated with it. And then 66% surveyed supported eliminating criminal penalties for drug position and reinvesting drug re um, enforcement resources into treatment and addiction services, which is basically what we've been saying this whole time. Yeah, why don't you convert some of these prisons into rehab centers with counseling and addiction services and job training instead of uh, you know, punishment? Yeah, one thing I will kind of put a, a line in the sand for myself personally is uh, not using taxpayer money for safe heroin injection sites, for example. Um, not at least while the city of Seattle has a class C felony on maintaining and operating a marijuana lounge. Uh, and then on top of that, they want to uh, pay uh, charge $100,000 a month to operate this facility for a safe injection site that I'm not down with. Um, they'll just have to figure out where they need to go or maybe release that penalty on consumption lounges and have some, you know, office in the back with a medical assistant to try to help them get off of that heroin uh, rather than just a full on playground. So definitely I'm not interested in taxpayer money going towards, um, you know, allowing for safe injection sites. Rather, I think there should be facilities to help figure out, unpeel some, some onions, you know, the, the layers here and find out what's the root cause. Why are they using drugs? Is it mental health? Is it PTSD? You know, not everyone wants to live their life, you know, sedated under fentanyl or heroin. So let's find out how to give them a proper quality of life. Uh, I agree with part of your statement. Um, I agree that uh, the regulators should not openly allow and support and fund a consumption of one drug and then block the consumption of another. Uh, that's not good. I, I disagree with that entirely. Uh, I think cannabis consumption lounges are, are a monster that uh, sort of is a boogeyman that you know, doesn't really exist. <laughs> and uh, once other areas uh, we're talking about Washington specifically, but I think once places like Nevada uh, open their consumption lounges and people find out that the world doesn't end and babies don't die, life will be fine. Um, uh, I don't really understand the, the delay in Washington when we have our very close neighbor, Vancouver, British Columbia has had consumption lounges forever without massive issues. So I don't understand uh, Washington's delay. Uh, and then of course, <laughs> supporting uh, uh, heroin injection sites uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense. But what I, what I do like about it is the, the ability to allow addicts who have other issues, be it health issues, be it mental health issues. Uh, you know, there's many issues uh, associated with addiction, a safe place. Um, and if I was a, a parent of a, of a young adult person who was of legal age uh, to consume cannabis, I would much rather uh, have them have a safe place than somewhere where other things might happen. And the same thing for heroin. I would, I would much rather have anyone faced with those circumstances um, have a safe place. But 
you can't pick one and not the other. So I agree with you in part, Josh, and disagree with you in, in the other part. We can agree to disagree and let us know what you guys think in the comments. But ultimately, I think that uh, we shouldn't be having publicly traded companies like Geo. Uh, I think that um, slavery didn't go away. It just became publicly traded uh, with the disproportionate amount of you know people of color that have been put in prison. It's, um, it's, it's equivalent of slavery, in my opinion. So when you're getting money for these black and brown people in prison, uh, in beds, what's the difference? I don't, you know, that's not hyperbole. I really don't see the difference in that. So I would really like to see that change. I thought it was going to, um, but you know, maybe we'll just have to uh, shout a little bit louder. Um, hopefully with the decriminalization, we'll get a lot less people out of, um, out of the system. That's a start. I would, I would like to see that for sure. Yeah. All right. Let us know what you guys think in the comments, but with that, I think we're going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the talking hedge. Thanks, Josh. I am Josh Kincaid. This is the talking hedge. Don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.